But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. How you like that music, Frank? That's good stuff right there. Yeah, it's off of Michael Jordan's playground. It's him in the, the epic battle of Joe Dumars. Wow. Remember those days, Frank? Or were you not born? You weren't born yet, were you? With the uh, bad boys and, and pistons and bulls I mean, going at it. Well, like the the first years, the bad boys and the bulls going at it were, I think it was around the time I was born. I was born in 1988, so. Yeah, so you were just being born, actually, because it was from basically 88 to 91. So you were just a wee lad. Yeah. Uh, still in diapers and um could, could you by that point you were in your crib and probably couldn't even dunk on the play school hoop <laughs> no <laughs> speaking of what it's it is march madness frank and what's your thoughts on college basketball this year uh i mean it's been a rough go i mean there's been times where you've wondered like are we actually gonna finish this thing mm-hmm. we mean finish this thing because i think it was Wait, Ohio, okay, sorry. I'm watching Ohio State and Michigan right now, and I guess Ohio State, they're trailing by two points. It says largest deficit of the tournament. Uh, Ohio State's winning by two? No, they're down by two. Yeah. Oh, now, it's, uh, now they're down by four. Yeah, it has been. They've been beating teams. They've actually been losing leads, actually. But they've been up, but they've been losing leads. Um, that's, that's a team where... <sighs> I have a love-hate relationship with Ohio State. The love is I like how Chris Holtman has got the team to be very competitive and, you know, at least top eight in the country. But it seems like when they play the big game, they just can't get the win. That's just how it is. Yeah, yeah it's 18-17 uh, right now, 8.55 to go in the first half. Right. Keep going, though, Frank. So, I mean, there's been times where teams have been put on pause because of COVID. And yeah. I know there's been people saying, well, you know what? Just pause the whole thing. No. Let's get, let everybody get vaccinated so that way we can. What does that do? What, what does that do? I mean, think about it. If you end up with the with the COVID, you're immune to it, I guess, for three months. Some people are even saying it's more taxing to get the vaccine after having it because then your body has to. Because, I mean, think about it. The vaccine, you're basically putting yeah. A dead version of the of the virus, so your body can see it and get the antibodies up for it to fight it. But your body's working hard against it. That's why sometimes you get the fatigue and all that stuff as well. Um, but I mean, how I see it is, you've seen what what needs to be done. What do we need to be canceling the season for? No, 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 no. Oh, but I guess with uh, what's happened recently with uh, both Virginia and Kansas having to bow out of their conference tournaments because of a positive test, mm-hmm. and now 
And obviously, with Duke having a positive test, they had to bow out and their season is over. Which is kind of strange, too. Um, how a lot of these teams, I'd be honest with you, a lot of these teams actually got a lot of games in, surprisingly, with all the COVID protocols and stuff like that. Um, uh, but, but, but now all of a sudden teams are now getting COVID during these tournaments, which, and then the, the, the crazy thing about it is the vaccine is out and places are now trying to start to open up. So we're not out of the woods just yet. Yeah, but we're a lot further along than what we were. So, I mean, the, the whole thing with team, with the uh, positive tests with the teams and, their season now being in jeopardy. I mean, you look at Louisville. They play Duke, they lose. Duke has a positive test. Now Louisville has to go in a seven-day quarantine for contact. I guess what works for them is they're within 45 minutes of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So they don't so they don't really have they don't have far to go and selection committee uses enough common sense that you know we'll have you guys play on Saturday. That'll give you enough time to get out of protocol and you can get there and go and but for a team like kansas or virginia who's further away and they pretty much have to take a flight there and they can't really take a bus they're actually gonna have to it's a little bit more of a dicey situation for them because you don't know if they're gonna clear protocol in time and of course there were teams that miss uh like in michigan state's case they were playing the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, and of course they were saying, "Oh, this is a bubble team." Well, apparently they were told, regardless of what happens in your first game, don't leave Indy because in the event of something go, if something does go sideways, we will have you as a team to replace somebody if somebody can't be there. But of course, uh, they ended up. With, this is before they went on their run, winning the games against Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan which have pretty much gotten them in now, so they're mm-hmm. okay. So pretty much all the Big Ten teams that are that are in, that are in the tournament or close to being in, they've told them, "Don't leave, don't go back, don't go back to campus. You just stick around here. We'll probably switch hotels or something like that." That's so you guys can still end up playing. Mm-hmm. So here's how I've, I've looked it out. So the. This is this is how what's coming up now, and this is actually pretty interesting. How the NCAA is going to do it? These are questions that people are going to ask. So, I guess one question probably you're thinking, everyone's thinking, how are teams cleared to play? Would you like to know? Please. Okay. So, teams are being required to produce seven consecutive days of negative test results in order to play in Indianapolis, San Antonio. Do you think that's going to be tough? Seven days. Yeah. Now, Indianapolis is where the men are playing and women are playing in San Antonio. All right. The the requirement includes every member of a school's allotted 34-person travel party. That's a lot. Teams can elect to travel with a significantly smaller group should some members of the party be ruled out by positive tests or contact tracing. Those held back would be required to meet necessary protocols to allow for travel at a later date. There's one. In the cases of Virginia and Kansas, which you brought up earlier, the Cavaliers and Jayhawks will play in the first round either next Friday or Saturday. So there's enough time to meet the negative test requirement because I believe was it is, but the window is closed. 
Much will depend on whether other players test positive or forced to contact Trace. A team must have five cleared players to participate. See, okay, that that what's wrong with that? If they don't, okay, what's wrong with it? Worst case scenario, now in the NBA it's eight, but in the NCAA, if you got five, you can go in and get that get that tournament in. And you're probably going to get destroyed. Not necessarily. I mean, Alabama, I think, I believe when Colin Sexton was there, I think they had, due to suspension or sickness, this was before the virus, the, the Rona. Oh, it was because a bunch of players got ejected. From- and, well, yeah, and they played with four players toward the end of the game, and they almost won. And that does happen in games where you can start out with five, and if, you know, because of, of foul trouble or ejections, some teams are forced at the end of the game to play with four players, and sometimes they actually can almost win. So even though you just have five players, doesn't mean you're going to automatically lose. Now, the possibilities of you winning get a little lessened a little bit. It makes it harder to win. But, hey, if you got five, you get to play. Yeah. That's like AAU, basically. Well, of course, you can't take anybody out for a rest. I, mean, I, think, I think it should. Rest? Frank, these guys are 18 to 22 years old. What do they need rest for? Well, give give him a chance to get a break during a game because look, you're gonna play. Yeah, all that's five. what the media timeouts for. Use your timeouts wisely. I believe they get five. They get four. Four only four timeouts. I'm thinking the high school gets five. I thought NCAA was five. What was it's it? Four. four. Okay. I mean, we used to do games all the time. I thought it was four or five, and then you got the media timeouts every four minutes for men's basketball. Obviously, cause they play halves, so every four minutes you have that. And then in the women's basketball, I think the media timeouts at the halfway point of the quarter, I believe. Yeah. So you have that. Um, so you, you can find ways to be creative to get rest. Or you call a 30-second timeout, and then you know you're going in the media timeout. Remember that? It used to be annoying for us. Oh, That's how yeah. you get the extra rest. Yeah. But, uh, oh, shoot, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, the, the, the whole... Players in foul trouble. This, this is something I'll bring up because I guess it's been a real hot button in the Big Ten. What? Mostly involving a certain official, Bo Borowski, who is despised by a lot of fan bases. Mm-hmm. Basically goes to the monitor for stuff every, seemingly every time. It disrupts the flow of the game and this, that, and the other. And I'm hearing people say, oh, you, oh, you got to go to six fouls, which mm-hmm. I think you and I, you and I may have had that discussion once or twice. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like in the NBA, you get six fouls instead of five. Right. Or there are some who will say, you know what, Remo- remove the foul limit, and if it gets to a certain point where they fit so many fouls, they get two shots and they keep possession. Right. And because no, people watch games to see players, but let's say in let's say in Michigan, let's say let's use Michigan for example since they're playing right now. Let's say Hunter Dickinson picks up two nickel dimer fouls and then he goes to the bench. <laughs> nickel dimer fouls. They're, they're cheap. Frankism, right? Okay. Cheap fouls. Okay. Keep going. So. And then, of course, he's got to sit for pretty much the rest of the half, even though there's no rule that says that. But, again, it's not likely that he'd be put back into the game because you don't want to pick up your third foul in the first half. True. But it also depends on 
um, on how the coach is. You know, obviously in high school basketball, there's some coaches that if you get two fouls in the first half, no matter if it's the first or second quarter, you're out. Yeah. There's some I mean, coaches that's kinda... that if you get a second foul in the second quarter, you stay in. But if you get a th- if you get more fouls than what the quarter is, then you get pulled. Those are different philosophies that you have. But that's yeah, you I mean, think I, about. to me, I think that's just common sense because you don't want. But again, it's basically got to say, okay, I've had to pull one guy out because he's got foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So now you got to have somebody else go go and step up. Right. Now, the NCAA, NCAA has not said whether it will adjust the schedule for teams with known positive tests or contact tracing concerns to allow them to start on the second day of the first round. Also, how will players be monitored after arriving? Is that a question that you have? Yeah, I would like to know that. After being cleared to travel, members of the travel party will be tested again. This is almost like we talked about this last year in the TBT almost. Placed into quarantine until given a negative result. And then given daily PCR tests for the remainder of their stay. Yeah, Players will wear a safe tag, devices about the size of a domino, and weighing less than one ounce that will assist in contact tracing. The device can be carried in pockets, worn as a bracelet, or connected to a lanyard. Ooh. <laughs> By the way, Tyler Krupp tuning in right now. Oh, yeah. Tyler gets buckets, Krupp. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. Teams will be eligible to enter and remain in the tournament as long as five players remain healthy and available. NCAA teams heed warning. Duke proves season can end at any time. Exactly. And, I mean, if you think about it, in the high school tournaments, they've only been had one hiccup, and that was by contact tracing, and that was St. John's. And that's <laughs> that's a little debatable. There's a lot of chatter going on. I'm not going to spread any chatter on this show, but some people are a little upset about that whole thing. But it was by contact tracing, not that they actually someone tested positive for the virus. What happens if teams are unable to play? That's a good question. I, that's the one I would really want to know. Should any team selected to the field be impacted by COVID-19 and forced to withdraw, there is a contingency plan to quickly replace the school in the bracket. The NCAA detailed the plan and announcement last month ahead of the tournament bracket reveals for the men's field Sunday and the women's field Monday. The first priority in replacing any team will be to ensure that all 31 conferences playing will be represented. The Ivy League chose to sit out, sit this season out because of the pandemic, so they ain't in it. That would mean if a school from a one big league drops out, then it would be replaced by a team from the same league. So, like Toledo, they won the MAC Conference regular season. Technically, they should be an NIT automatic bid. It's a problem, though. They're going from 32 teams to, I believe, 16. They didn't cut the field in half. So there's no guarantee that Toledo will probably get in the NIT. Hmm. That's something to think about. Um should the team withdrawing be from a conference with multiple bids and a selection be made from at-large teams considered when the field was announced? The highest-ranked four at-large schools that are not included in the field could be considered replacement teams. The teams will be ordered one through four and be required to continue testing protocols for COVID-19 in case they are later considered as a replacement. So if you even don't make the tournament and you're probably the first four out, you still got to go by COVID-19 protocols because your number could be called, and if you're not up to date, well, move on to the next team. Yeah. I'll actually go ahead and pull up uh, up uh, Lenardi's bracketology right now and tell you who the— Is he the official guy? Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he, 
He's the one I go off of. Some people use Jerry Palm. Okay. Well, how, what does Lunardi say? Well, here's what Lunar, Lunardi says. Says that the realities of this pandemic mean the 2021 tournament will be held in Indiana, blah, blah, blah. Where? So here we go. The top, until further notice, Virginia and Kansas remain in the field. Jayhawks are projected three seed, Cavaliers four seed, pending additional updates. Additional headlines overnight include Oklahoma State's rise to a number two in addition to St. Louis's final at-large team. Of course, Georgetown and Oregon State could be bid stealers as well as Memphis if they beat Houston today. Right, against Calvin Sampson, the cheater. Okay. Yeah. So here's the here. Right away, wait a minute. Didn't last week they hit a game winning three against Penny and them in Memphis, and the guy said game and banked the shot in. You uh, didn't see that. It did. It was last last Sunday. They played at Houston. It was it was Anthony Hardaway's Memphis Tigers against Calvin Sampson in Houston, and they went up by two. And the guy hit a half court three point shot. They said call game before he went in. He was like, "That's game." It hit off the backboard and in. That's a good rematch right there. Yeah. Keep going. <clears throat> so the first four out, according to Lenardi, are Colorado State, Memphis, Ole Miss, and Boise State. Now, well, Colorado, Colorado State, hate Ole Miss and Boise are all done in their conference tournaments. Okay, and so Memphis is still alive. So right, they have to they have, have to win. win. And of course, in the last four infield, you have St. Louis is like the last team in Utah State is one of the last four in. But of course, they've got to play San Diego State tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake is one of the last four in. Do right and kill everything. <laughs> mm. But uh, they they were actually considered to be uh, to be possibly knocked out after they lost to uh, Loyola in the Missouri Valley. Loyola, Chicago. Yeah, the, the Ramblers are back in it. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, we won't see any of Sister Jean. Why not? Well. While Sister Jean is still alive, alive and well, COVID, COVID, yes, right. I mean I don't know if she's been vaccinated or anything, but I think it's important that they keep her alive. So they'll just have to make sure they get get give her an iPad so she could FaceTime with the team and be there in spirit. I don't, I don't know how many fans it can be. They will probably live. So how is the bracket impacted? One significant part of the replacement plan: there will be no seating changes once the field is released. The incoming team will assume the position in the bracket of the team it replaces. So, if they're a 15 seed, that team's going to be a 15 seed coming in. It ain't going to be none of this. Just throw a random team in there. If you're a three seed and they feel that that team's a three seed, well, that replacement team would be looked at as a three seed. For example, if Gonzaga, as expected, receives a number one seed in the men's tournament and is forced out of the field and then no other teams from the West Coast Conference, then the replacement team for that league would be a number one seed for that region. Any at-large team coming in for the Bulldogs, if the WCC does have a second team, likely BYU in the field would take the Gonzaga's number one seed position. Well, BYU's a projected sixth seed, according to Lenardi, so... They're, all, they're already, I think they're pretty much in. But I'm pretty sure Gonzaga ain't going to have no COVID complications that I see. Yeah. What about before the bracket is released? Should any automatic qualifier be deemed unavailable to play before the bracket is announced? A conference may specify a replacement based on criteria submitted to the NCAA last month. 
Once the field is announced, any school from a single bid league would have to pass seven consecutive days of COVID-19 tests to be allowed in the field as a replacement for its conference representative. Mm. Here's one. How late can changes be made? There will be no teams joining the field once the tournament begins. The deadline for replacing teams in the men's and women's tournament is March 16th at 6 p.m. Sharp. Eastern time. The men start on March 19th in Indianapolis. The women start on March 21st in San Antonio. If any teams is forced out for medical reasons after the deadline, then its opponent would advance via the NCAA's no contest rule. Yeah. That's crazy. So you're in it, and then, whoops, you're out. They advance. So like Lima Senior with uh, St. John's, Lima Senior advanced to the regional finals against St. Ignatius. Yeah, so that... It, it it is kind of it's kind of crazy, but you know it's hopefully this is going to be the only year we see this, and that all this ends for twenty twenty two. I don't know. Well, it's a, it sounds like for fans uh, they're allowing I believe it's eight thousand Lucas Oil. Yeah, they are allowing fans actually uh, going to the state championship. Like I mentioned before, going to state semifinals, they were allowing a little bit more fans in there. It was good to see an actual atmosphere there. They did have what they did. They sold the tickets and all the tickets that they sold. You had to sit, now you had to sit in actual seats. It wasn't one of those things like at a high school game, you get a ticket and you can sit wherever the heck you want. You actually had to sit in your own assigned seat. Excuse me. And the seats was kind of smart. They had red taping on it. So you had to sit in that seat that had the red taping on it. Make sense? Yeah, it does. So they had student sections, though. But if you were in the student section, the student section was roped off, basically. And they had the student sections actually higher up. This is at UD Arena, which is really fun arena. That's what you know UD Arena is, right? Yeah. That's the play-in games. Yeah. The, and the, the first four or the... Yeah, in, in years past, obviously, they're not going to be in Dayton this year. They're going to be in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. But in past years, yes, they've been in Dayton for the first four. Great atmosphere, great parking. Um, you know what? They got good concession food as well. They had this Lee's chicken. It really smacked. It was it was delicious. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story or not. Um, but not a bad seat in the house. Yeah. Anything else? What do you What are you expecting out of this, or what do you want to see? I mean, I'm just hoping that we don't have teams that get knocked out because of a positive COVID test. But I'm praying for that too. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's probably going to end up happening. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> that, that's a really <laughs> yeah. Well, get them. And I mean, as for who win, who wins this whole thing? I really don't know. You don't know because the COVID factor. And plus, you're kind of the usual blue bloods. I mean, Duke and Kentucky aren't going to be in. No, nah, they were horrid. Yeah, maybe they might get in if team. No, <laughs> team start. somehow you never you know how the they'd have, is. they'd have to go like way down the list before they got to Kentucky. Or you might, or how you did to me, where I came to the Bedford game, and the product wasn't there. You know, you go to the tournament <laughs> and they promise you something, and it's not there. I'm just joking, Frank. I'm just joking. Yeah. But no, it, it should be a very. I think this will be probably one of the best. NCAA tournaments to watch a lot of suspense you don't know what's going to happen I mean COVID could blow up a lot of brackets I'm kind of surprised people are still making brackets mm-hmm. think about it what if you pick an NCAA champion 
and they didn't lose because of their their performance. They lost. They got knocked out because of COVID. Man, that would really bust a lot of brackets. Yeah. And I think I think one thing. My final point. I think it's refreshing that the that the blue bloods aren't in it. You got to have a year where a lot of the blue bloods are not in the in the tournament. You know, because it, it gives it a little more spice, uh, especially the first weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be like the end of first time Duke's not in since '95. Exactly the the years where um, like Ricky Price was on the team, Jeff Cable. Um, uh, Mike Krzyzewski had back problems that year. Yeah. And then, of course, the following year, Duke gets back in and they and lose to the Eastern, Eastern Michigan. Michigan and some guy named Earl Boykins. Rumor has it, this is a rumor, Earl Boykins, he coaches at Arkansas. He might be applying for the Eastern Michigan job. It's just a rumor. Let me show you my shocked face. Because I, I actually had a, a conversation with John Vanekave the other day. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned the name Earl Boykins. He told, and he told me that Boykins was, uh, I think he was. He said he was, thought he was coaching somewhere around the Cleveland area at one point. How long ago was this? I really don't know. I just know he mentioned it that he wasn't like coaching a team. I think he was just kind of more of a development role. As somebody he was. I, I do remember hearing about that. Um, he was the. It says here in the Wikipedia, the Douglas County High School boys varsity basketball team. Oh, okay. That's that's what he's they were saying. Um, he went to Cleveland Central Catholic. I didn't know that actually. Hmm. Yeah, he play, actually look at this. His playing career went from 1998 to 2012. That that's a pretty good career right there. Really good career, but I could have swore I'll, I'll actually look that up. But but if if he could, because you know Rob Murphy's no longer at Eastern Michigan anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I mean I fa- I kind of figured. Yeah, he's in his second season as Arkansas men's basketball director of student athletic af- at student athlete development. Oh, okay. He played because obviously he played for head coach Eric Musselman with the Golden State Warriors in the O two O three season. Um. I didn't, wait, Eric Musselman coached in the NBA? Yeah. His dad was a longtime coach. As you do know that if if Slick Rick's son, uh, Richard Pertino, leaves Minnesota, they're thinking that Eric Musselman might go and get that job because his dad coached with the Timberwolves. Mm. You didn't know that? That I didn't know. Learn something new every day. Yeah, I thought you knew that Musselman was a, a known name in the NBA circles. No, I mean, I knew he was... I knew when he it was a couple seasons ago when he was at Nevada, he really mm-hmm. did a nice job and mm-hmm. got the. I want to say they got they got them to uh, the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Yep, Errol Boykins right now is at, at Arkansas, and it's a possibility that he he might be he might be coming home. He's coming home. Yeah, Remember that song. Yeah, seems like a lot of people are coming back to Ypsilanti. I mean, Ypsilanti High, Charles Ramsey. Is that the team you lost to the other day, yeah. the Grizzlies? Yeah, ch- yeah. You might know the name Charles Ramsey. He was the coach at Eastern before Murphy was there. Right. And yeah. You guys, I saw you. I saw you guys get that L. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've heard people say that. Well, they probably brought him in just to maybe get get kids to stay because there was kids who were saying, "Yeah, we're gonna transfer to Lincoln or transfer to Belleville." So there's Ipsy High and then there's Ipsy Lincoln. Yes. Okay. So Ipsy High is basically Ypsilanti High School the, after the name after the city. Yeah, yeah, Ypsilanti Community Schools. They actually mer 
Yeah, and I I mentioned that they had merged with Willow Run. Okay. They didn't look like a bad basketball team. I mean, they, the kids try hard. I will say that with the Michigan basketball, I, it looked like it was really competitive because in Ohio here, there's some teams that are just straight, I guess, diarrhea water, as you call it. That uh-huh. <laughs> They're getting a butt whooping every night. Yeah, I mean, kind of like what happened to us against Ann Arbor here on. Well, that uh, teams that happens to a lot of teams. I mean, I've been there before. I mean, actually, I've been on that end of the of the stick a few times this year, where you know we actually had one player outscore our team. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that that has happened. So yeah. you know, sometimes you just get that butt whooping. But it's, it's not the matter of getting the butt whooping. It's seeing how you have a resolve and you know bouncing back from it. And you guys did pretty good so far. And you said you got a game today at St. Lean. Should you win? Could you be able to win that? Uh, I would hope. I I want to because uh, Celine is our rival. Oh, you got that's your rival. Are you in the same division? Yes. Okay. Same division two, division one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I've been told that there's a bunch of that they have a bunch of spoiled rich kids where mommy and daddy pay for pretty much everything for them and pay thousands of dollars to give them. Dribbling lessons when they're children. When they're like you gotta little. pay for pay for dribbling lessons. Yeah, they pay thousands of dollars. Yeah, they're well. I shouldn't. You shouldn't be hating on them. You should be saying that they're stupid because it doesn't cost thousands of dollars to do dribbling lessons. By the way, uh, Jordan Bolin just posted on Facebook his little son was doing. Yes, Maverick. At, Maverick. He was over at the Perrysburg Y where I've gotten plenty of buckets before. <laughs> um, he's over there learning a game of basketball. I see. Did he pay thousands of dollars for him to do bounce passes? Uh, he, uh, knowing Jordan, he did not do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> because like I said, if you're do, paying thousands of dollars just to do bounce passes and simple dribbling for a, a child, you're, you're wasting your money. You can do that just outside on your porch or driveway. Exactly. <laughs> But it sounds like to me, you know, don't be a hater against Saline. I have been up to Saline. I know you were shocked by that, that I have been up to Saline. Oh, well, not entirely. <laughs> I've been up there for uh, uh, AAU tournaments. I think some f- fast tournaments. Younger kids yeah. was up there at Saline. Nice gym. Nice, big, spacious gym. Yeah, well, um, so how many of the other schools in our conference have you been to? Have you been to Ann Arbor, Huron? No, I've not been to any of the Ann Arbor schools. Actually, I've only been up to Ann Arbor. I've only been to Michigan up there. Um, and their downtown district is really yeah. nice. Um, well, Huron's uh, gym kind of resembles the Titan Dome here in Toledo. Yes, I have heard that. Um, I've I mean, been to Bedford. Yeah. I've been to Saline. And I've been to Milan. Yeah, my, Milan's in the Huron League. Oh, they're in the Huron League. Okay. Yeah. The pit is what they call that. Nice gym, gym but uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I've also been to SMCC, but I don't think they're in your Brother league. Brother G. Brother, yes. that's a Brother nice, Gerontius. That's a nice gym, by it, the way. It, even, even though it is a cracker box. SMCC? It's a it's a small gym. <laughs> nice floor. Oh yeah, don't don't get me wrong. The floor is nice. It's a it's a nice place to watch a game, but uh, that place is small. I I, I was in there about six. How do you say it's a small? I didn't think it was that small. I mean, the bleachers only go like four like four or five rows. But what division are they in? They're D three. That's about the right size for a Division three school. I mean, I'm I'm used to that. Now, if they were Division one, I'd be like, ugh. Good luck with the attendance on that. Yeah, well, I, I can remember being in, in that gym uh, about six years ago when they were playing my, the Milan team that 
had won the state championship from the year before that had Latin Davis, Nick Perkins. With the Buffalo, we were just talking about him yeah. earlier. And it, it was it was it was standing room only, and I'm like, okay, hopefully nobody calls the fire marshal, or we're gonna, everybody's going to be in trouble. What year was this? 2015. Was that Stephen Umphus? Yeah, Steph. Stephen Umphus was on that SMCC team. Travis Vuich, uh, Bryce Windham was the point guard. Mm-hmm. I believe that SMCC team got to the state quarterfinal that year. Okay. Milan got to the semifinals, but they ended up losing to Wyoming Godwin Heights. <laughs> the, the names for these Michigan teams, Wyoming Godwin, Godwin Heights. Isn't there like a, a school, Dearborn Star Trek Voyager? There, 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 there's Dearborn Star International. There's Dearborn Heights Robichaud. Dearborn Heights Crestwood. Dearborn Heights, Annapolis. Isn't there like Dearborn Heights of the Roethlisberger child? No, 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 there's not. What, what, what was that schools with the weird? Robichaud, I think. Okay. That is what, that's actually where. Uh, Divine Child. What oh, was yeah, school? Dearborn Divine Child. Exactly. Which, is, of course, Robichaud is where uh, former University of Michigan running back Tyrone Wheatley played his high school ball. Okay. Nice. All right. So you guys got a game. I'll let you go, let you go here. Frank, glad you guys have been listening to us here on 88.3 WXUT's. After further review, a little after 2 o'clock on the live radio, but, you know, we, 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 got, a, we got a good show in today. Absolutely Frank. we did. We won't be back next week because I'll be at the game. And you'll have the product there, right? Yeah, it should be much better this yeah. time around. It wasn't bad. It was just that, you know, I, I'll get to see everything live. Uh, man. But but will your game be on Facebook today so I can watch? Watch the boys yes. play? Yes, it will be. Okay, cool. You know, um, the Napoleon girls, congratulations to them. They're at the state championship. They play at 515. I don't I, – this is – I hope Michigan doesn't do this. Hopefully – I like how they show it on Fox Sports, the the, the state championships. The, oh, Fox Sports Detroit? Yes. Because now I guess in Ohio you got to go online to watch it and you pay ten bucks. Wait, they're not showing it on Fox Sports Ohio or Sports Time Ohio anymore. Nope, Spectrum has it now. Oh, they did that. Lord. They did that two years ago, where Spectrum has it, and basically you have to have the Spectrum cable network because Spectrum is almost like Directv almost here. So you got to have Spectrum. Spectrum the, used to be Charter, right? Spectrum has the the rights to it so if you had spectrum cable network you got it on the spectrum channel obviously the other cable providers don't have spectrum so you got to go online and pay for it it was kind of like when uh, mac basketball used to be on time warner cable yes <laughs> that <laughs> that was the only way you could watch mac basketball is if you had time warner cable sports and- that's right we were calling the games and stuff like that yeah they they got rid of that real quick real quick <laughs> yeah, that was a good move yeah because you can't be doing the time warner that's right because you had to have time warner cable to watch it unless bcsn got a special permission to feed or yeah. if it was a big game or remember it was on cbs sports at times it's cbs sports network or there'd be a couple times we'd be on espnu yes that's true yeah, but that's what they're doing in Ohio. So I like how you guys do it on Fox Sports Detroit. What's else going on for you? Well, just uh, working basketball next week. We also got we got to play Ann Arbor here on home on Monday. Go to Pioneer on Thursday. Of course, we can't have fans at Pioneer, right? And then we'll be home against Monroe on Saturday. Monroe, regular Monroe. Yes. Okay. Mm, that'll be an interesting game to watch. Um, I think I know a few kids on the Monroe team. Uh, they played AAU. They were supposed to play for HQ, I think, and then they went to somewhere else because uh, of the pandemic. 
Anyway, this has been a great show. Thanks for Tyler uh, tuning in. I'll see him next week live and in person, hopefully. Like I said last time, the product wasn't there. So, um, But make sure you always check us out on our live feed. We'll always we'll share it for you on Facebook after further review sports show with the picture of Frank Vash and the horse's head. David didn't call in today, but hey, guess what? We still had a show no matter what. Absolutely. <laughs> I got some great content in, and you can always listen to our content on Apple iTunes or on SoundCloud app. That's WXUT's After Further Review. For Frank and David, I am Derek Lawson. We'll see you when we see you. Good luck today, Frank, in your basketball game. And we'll be back in two weeks live on the radio. Hopefully, wait, maybe. AAU season starting up for me. Mm. Mm. We'll be back. We'll see you when we see you here on 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review.